If money gives me the ability to do something, what is it I'm trying to do? Your doing should be out of your being. Who are you? If you understand who you are and whose you are, it can help you understand what you're here to do and what you can have. Welcome everyone to the latest edition of Wallet Talks, a podcast that explores better ways to talk about money so we can make better decisions with money. Have you been wondering how to get your money right? Stressing every month with never ending lists of financial demands? Or are you just tired of not knowing where all your money is going? Did you know that Wallet Coach has a solution? Wallet Coach offers one to one coaching sessions to get your money back into shape. Wallet Coach was formed to help everyday people get financially secure and free by teaching a four step approach to money management. Our favorite testimony is one client who saved up $1,000 as an emergency fund within six months while only making $1,800 a month. If you are curious how Wallet Coach can help you in similar ways, sign up for a free 15 minute consultation on our website, thewalletcoach.com. That's thewalletcoach.com. Or text the word coach to 470-606-8949 to get a link to schedule. Now back to the show. Super excited to be here again with you guys. We're here to break the, the taboo of having money conversation. I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I'm a kid from Chicago, but I was raised in Chicago, Southside, 85th King Drive, so my stumping grounds was 87th, 85th, Southside, uh, King Drive, Cottage Grove. That's where I grew up at around there. And so coming from that perspective, I don't recall from age three to when I left around 18, I got any kind of information about how to handle my money. Like, you think about it for yourself. Like, were you ever given clear instruction about what money is about? I don't remember. And I know you can relate to us. We weren't. I, 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 for sure, facts do not remember. I, My perspective of money at that age was mostly about, okay, I need money to get things. And my mom would say we don't have money when I wanted the, those things. And so those things would elude me and it would, you know, not make me sad, but she had a way to make it pleasing and still fun and things like that. So I didn't think I was missing out too much. I just knew I couldn't get the J's because she wasn't that kind of girl. I'm sorry. Sorry, Ma. She wasn't that kind of woman. But she took me to uh, after school programs, Boy Scouts. We went on fishing trips and things of that nature to get us out of the city to see different things, surrounded us with different people. And I got to learn about life from that perspective to see diversity, 
but I didn't get to know about money. And I can't blame her for it because how can you blame someone who didn't have the information to give to you? How can you hold them hostage for and blame them hostage for something to give you something that they never had? It's like expecting someone to love you in a certain way when they've never been loved that way. So how can I come at her like, yo, you didn't teach me about money. Well, who taught her? Who taught her grandmother, grandfather and all that stuff? I did learn that my great grandmother, Earlene Travis, we called her mommy. Rest in peace. Love her. Mommy was a entrepreneur that I never knew she was. She owned a she owned a shop on 89th or 80 89th or 78th, I can't remember, 77th and Cottage Grove. And it was a furniture store. And it was literally a duplex. Not a duplex. It was a storefront that had apartments at the top. And it had two sides. It had okay, so it was a storefront and had two entrances for um for for businesses. One the left side was uh, a business and a, a business entryway and a right side was a business entryway and in the middle was staircase into the apartments it was two sets of apartments and the funny thing is all the time I grew up I did not from like age 8 to 12 13 14 I didn't know that mommy owned that shop she owned that building I didn't know she owned a building. And so when she owned the building, I was like, when I found out when I was a little bit like in high school, so I'm like 14, 16 years old. And I'm like, oh, mommy owned the, she owns, oh, she owns the shop. Okay, cool, cool. So mommy owns the shop because one time she was living there. She was living on the top floor and I never knew what kind of moves my great grandmother was making comes to, comes to find out my great grandmother mommy she literally was someone who had multiple businesses i was just experiencing the tail end her um the last half of her life where she was just really narrowed it down to resell uh furniture and i didn't know that when she would take me out on her little errands that she was going to speculate on on new uh furniture to buy and put into her shop and sell now i I honestly don't remember her ever making a sale like (laughs) if my family is listening you're like yeah i don't remember i literally do not remember mommy making a sale however i do remake i do remember vividly her going to a uh, a wholesaler and getting some furniture and negotiating with them and things like that. But I didn't know. I just saw a whole bunch of furniture and toys and things like that. I just thought it was a great place. They were talking business. But I didn't really understand it. Turns out mommy had that property for, oh my gosh, 20 some years. Right? I, I, she had it for a long time. Because my uncles were teenagers working at the shop. And things like that. But in the beginning when she had the shop. She had a beauty supply on one side and on the other side, she had another retail store. So she was doing hair, 
And you know how be um, beauticians have a lot of clientele and stuff like that. So she had a beauty school. And so she was teaching people how to be beauticians. And I, I was like, wow, she was doing all this stuff. But she didn't teach us how to do it for ourselves. And I, I, and I, I sit here and I wonder why. Why did not, why my grandmother did not give me or any of her grandchildren or children perspective on how to duplicate what she had or to carry on what she had. It's kind of disappointing because now that I look back, I'm thinking, mommy, you didn't tell someone how to, to take on and carry on the properties that you had. She ends up losing the property and through some dealings that she didn't go through and but she didn't have a trust she didn't have a will when she was leaving this earth I don't remember she had one home yeah she did own it was outright but she wasn't living there she was in the nursing home and that's because of health but she didn't she didn't leave us necessarily a blueprint she didn't leave us she left us with though a mentality that my mother took on which was to hustle right because basically she was hustling um she had cadillacs and, and you know that was big back back in the, the 50s and stuff like that so she she was she was hustling and she will have furs and all that stuff and she taught that to my mom, my uncles, the aunties. But I don't recall her telling us, hey, this is how you run a business. This is this is a business. This is how you acquire property. And this is why you acquire property. This is why you move money like this. This is move how you move money like that. This is why you should track this and why you should track that. And what's the purpose of money? I never got that. I don't remember getting schooled on what money is until really recently I'm about to celebrate a milestone birthday and it's kind of befuddling to me that I don't necess uh, necessarily remember someone sitting me down and saying hey this is how money works through my own trial and error I started to talk I started to learn now that we have the YouTube error, I go online when I'm thinking about this, that, and the other. It's not until my thirties where I start surrounding myself with other people that who are real estate uh, minded and bought this and bought that. And one of my, uh, my godfather told me about a deal he was doing. And I didn't understand. He'd take me to his property. He's like, yeah, I took out this right here. I took out. Now, this is not advice. I'm just telling you his story. He was telling me like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to step out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave my corporate job and start having my own business. And he did it in a basement of his house. And he was a architect and he would do specs and stuff like that. But in the meantime, he started acquiring rental property. 
I didn't know why he was doing it, but I saw him move like that. I saw him go to the properties, fix them up, and rent them out. And I was like, well, how did you get started? He's like, well, I use other people's money. You got to use other people's money. So this is when I'm in my 20s, probably. And I'm learning this like, okay, what does that mean? So he started dropping terminology that I had no clue about. What he was trying to say was I use credit. What is credit? Someone buying something on your behalf with the promise that you would pay them back later. And I didn't know that, okay, there's a, that's, that's what we're talking about. So he didn't, he didn't necessarily break it down, but I saw him moving. I saw him take out, like his philosophy was like, he had a 401k. He took out, say it was 30,000. He took out the 30,000, had a penalty in it because it's a structured, uh, it's a qual it's called a qualified uh, retirement account. And that means that it qualifies for restrictions. One of those restrictions is that if you take the money out, you pay a penalty. So he was like, all right, I got 30000 I need to put a down payment on this on this property that I want to get. I don't have the money, but it's in my 401k from the job. And again, this is not advice. He took the money out, took the 10, 10% penalty, and he was like, you know, 10% penalty. So I'm left with 27. But if I rent this out and I clear $500 a month, it's 6,000 a year. I just, that 3,000 I lost, I made it back up in a year or two. And I was like, oh, and he says, after that, you, and then after that, you think about it, I'm going to get 6,000 every year. Passively. But it, no one taught me, like, hey, this is the playbook. We didn't have a, a dinner conversation about it. It wasn't, it, my, my money conversations were far and few between. Like, that conversation I had with you was one car ride. One car ride. Did I learn something else from someone else? My uncle, one of my uncles taught me to create actually get into um not get into a business but to hustle he didn't call, i didn't know it was a business but he told me his name was ellis jr he was like son you need to you need to go you know i was hustling when i was you need you need to go do something you know just don't waste your talents or whatever go make some money okay i'll go make some money what do you want to do you figure out you know whatever somebody needs some service in so at the age when I moved to Georgia, he was telling me about how he was cut people grass. So I was like, yo, let me cut grass. I actually started cutting grass, went to my neighbors, went, went in my neighborhood in the subdivision, door to door, made up some flyers and said, <laughs> it was funny because I made up a, I don't know why, I, probably because of mommy who had the hustle mentality and the creativity to like, okay, let me do this. Let me, let me create this uh, flyer so that people can draw interest like that concept of marketing. I didn't know that I was doing marketing at that moment. 
the business didn't necessarily work out, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a long lawn care business, but I did have it for a good six to eight months. I was, I had a schedule. I would get up, go cut grass, make $20 a yard. And it was pretty cool. I was happy, but it wasn't blowing up. So I got that little piece of information. Again, that was one conversation. My last conversation I had was another uncle. His name was Wilbur. He told me, Jay, when I first got my like paid job and I was working in a CPA firm, he was like, Jason, you need to start investing. You need to, you know, your, your company has a 401k. I was like, yeah, you need to put money in there. And I was like, I don't know, man. What are you talking about putting a 401k? Like, what is, what is that? I don't know what that is, but you need to put your money in there because, you know, you got to you let your money grow. You put it in the market. Again, using terms that I don't, I don't know what those mean. Put it in the market. What does that mean? Is that a market like a supermarket? What do you mean? Put my money in the market and let it grow. I never knew. Let it multiply. I never, I didn't understand that terminology. I didn't know the basics that money is a tool. It's like fuel. It needs to be put into something to flourish. It needs to be in motion. And so that's what he was telling me. Put your money in motion because if it's not in motion, it's dying. I was like, okay. Now looking back, like, okay, that's what you're saying. But I was still kept it because I could have put a lot more into it. I could have put a lot of money into it um, because I was single, didn't have any responsibilities. And most of my expenses were really, really low. I could have put like 20% of my check in. You know how much I put into that 401k? And and the company was matching. What, is, what does that mean? That for every dollar I put in, they were putting a dollar up to $6. So up, so basically 6%. So 6% is what they match. So every dollar up to 6% of what I put in, they would match. So anyway, that was free money that I, I put in, get this, because I was a skeptic. I didn't know what that really was, what market market was really doing. I only put in $16. I put in $16, yo, $16 a paycheck. And I might have said this in another podcast, but I'm going to say it again. I put $16 in there and let I, I worked at that company for eight years. And I do remember saying this in another podcast, but I, I, I said I was there for eight years. Of the five years I was there, uh, three to five years. I three or five years I delayed taking or delayed putting or contributing. Sorry, I delayed contributing to this 401k. When I started, I was year year three or something like that. So I left in year eight. So I put five years in, maybe two or something like that. I mean, maybe it was five, maybe six years. When I finally finished. And when I left, those $16 multiplied to $28,000. So that $28,000, man, was like amazing. I don't, I was befuddled on how it actually grew to be that, you know, like 
how does how did money just do that? And I didn't know. And looking at how it grew in such a short period of time in my eyes was like made me want to kick myself for not starting earlier or putting in more. Like I could have been putting in instead of sixteen dollars, one hundred and sixty dollars or sixteen hundred a month, something along those lines, because I had it. Now, what did I do with that extra money? I don't know. I don't know. But I wasn't in the mindset to receive. I never asked enough questions. So why am I bringing this all up? Why am I telling you my story about how my perspective of being or being raised in the conversations of money? Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you because we got to change the story, y'all. Like we have to change the story for our next generation. Let's not be like the old generation who didn't know how money worked and didn't teach our kids how money works so that they can be in position to take advantage of their age, their youth, the time. Let's start having conversations, yo. Let's start having conversations on a weekly basis. Not these one-off uncles take me down the street and we we chop it up for, for a 20-minute ride. Let's have a routine. I think I would have been very, I would be more astute than I am right now at an earlier age if I knew. If I knew what investment meant. If I knew what compound interest was if I knew what the rule of 72 was if I knew the concept of ownership if I knew the concept of what an asset is versus a liability if I knew the term of cash flow profit discretionary income ordinary income passive income And what we have to understand is we are not going to get that education in our current makeup in our public schools. The public school system is a glorified babysitter. It's a glorified babysitter. We go to work as adults. We send our kids to school. We're really Really, we want them to teach them something, but in fact, in actuality, it's they're learning something. But what are they actually learning? Are they learning to be the best of themselves, to to be multidimensional, to be. To reach their potential. Yeah, those those can be in pamphlets that, hey, we're going to aspire to make your kid do great things. And I think the tide is turning on traditional approach to teaching to more project based to more STEM and stuff like that so that you you are more problem problem solving and I think that's coming out now but um it wasn't it's not it wasn't like that for me I hope it's for your kids but 
at the same time, they may be making strides. What are we doing to instill in our kids fundamentals of life? You can't expect the school to teach your kids how to love someone. You can't expect the teacher at the school to teach your kids how to give. You can't expect your teacher to tie giving into their income and how to leave a legacy and to to invest and grow. Now, the school is going to teach them mathematics. It's going to teach them maybe some accounting if they choose to. But just like the school's not going to teach your kids about your family history, you got to do that yourself. Some things you got to just do yourself. And one of those things, one of those fundamentals that you that you can do is share what your money knowledge is right now. How do you view money? How how does money work in your eyes? If you don't know, go ask somebody and go research it. Keep listening to this podcast because I'm going to break it down because that's what I think I have had these experiences to share and to break down, to to make it plain how money works so that we can, if you're listening and you've been listening to us, start to have a different mindset. We have a different mindset to hear different things, to not hear different things, but have a different mindset to view opportunities, to view strategies. There's different things we can do than we didn't do before that's going to take it to a different level. Another plane, another plateau that we never experienced before. All because we learned how money really works. Like, so let me break it down for you. Money is a tool, right? He's like, yeah, I know that. But money is a concept or a tool. It's a means of exchange. Money is how can you make money? You can print it on paper and things like that. But money isn't more so like a philosophy or not philosophy concept of understanding how to exchange for services and products. What? So it's just a, a label. Money is kind of like what they say money is power. Money gives you power. Let me break down the word power. Power is the ability to do something, right? So money is power because money gives you the ability to do this, that, and the other. Now, with that concept in mind, money in and of itself does not produce to for you your end result unless you yourself know where it's going. So one of the main things with money is, yo, just think about it this way. If money gives me the ability to do something, what is it I'm trying to do? 
Your doing should be out of your being. Who are you? If you understand who you are and whose you are, it can help you understand what you're here to do and what you can have to do what you want to do because of your being. You have to understand that money is a great energy. It's like a fire. But for that fire to produce and to propel a plane in the sky or an automobile down the road, you have to manage it well. You have to know where it's going. What is you? You gotta. You gotta put a, a chokehold on it. You know what I'm saying? You gotta put a leash on it so that you can know where this Joker is going. You know, so it's moving to give you. It's giving you the ability to do different things. But what is it that you want? Oh, I want this. I want this. Okay, let's break it down. Why do you want that? I heard a podcast earlier today um and they were talking about like sometimes people want certain things just to be affirmed from people that they're trying to from certain people to get affirmation and it's like really so like you go get a dope chain to show that you got money to show the person that you come across from your high school reunion that you actually have been doing successful, but were you really not? Or you, we are thinking about how we can impress ourselves or show, have something of worth in our hands. Right. Like we got to have this possession to show that we have money or that we've had money in our hands. And or to fulfill us for right now. And so. If that is the end all, then you're just you're now a consumer. What is a consumer? Someone who literally absorbs or takes to gratify for their self gratification. So if you're saying like, hey, I want to consume this, it's really there's no benefit after you after the consumption. Think about it. When you eat food, you consume food. What comes out of it? You get now from the from a biological standpoint, you you, you do get energy and things like that. But what comes out the other end is crap. And that's usually what happens if we are 100% or 90% focused on just consuming. Just consuming. And so you're just consuming, yo, like you're, you're just trying to just gratify and you're just reacting. you just, what can I get to my next fix? Shoot, man, are we all dope fiends off money just so that we can get that euphoria the dopamine of being able to shop. Cause honestly, I, I, I'll be honest with you. Like right now I'm talking through a new mic and I was dope. I was happy to spend. I was like, Oh, that makes me feel so good. I'm not lying. Like it, it did feel good to spend. 
But think about what I just did, though. It made me, I, I had a purpose in my spending, and that was like, I'm getting this mic. And how's it sound, guys? It sound better? Sound good? Anyway, I'm getting this mic for this podcast because I want this podcast to go so many different places. So it's not just me consuming it right now. This is going to have benefits for me into the future. How did I start thinking like that? It was on the spot, but I was thinking. I was thinking ahead. More than just till tomorrow or next week. I'm thinking five years, 10 years. But you have to understand how money works. Money has to be put into motion. It has to be sold. It has to be. Think about the talents. Jesus gave a parable about the talents and he gave one person. I don't want to get it wrong, but uh, one person, 10 talents, one person, five talents, one person one talent and the story kind of uses the metaphor of the talents being your your gifts or or actually money and jesus comes back and he says hey i want you guys to be a good steward of these talents basically like hey i want you to this is yours this is this is the money i'm giving to you and i will return to collect what is mine so what happens is the first guy who had 10, he made, he doubled that to 20, right? The second guy who took his 10, he doubled that to, I mean, the second guy who had five, he doubled that to 10. The guy who had one just buried it and sat on it. Because, hey, he's like, I'm going to give, I'm going to give my master what he said he's going to take. I'm going to give it right back to him. What when the master came back, he was very proud of the number one guy who got from one from 10 to 20. He was even proud. He was just as proud to the for the guy who went from five to 10. So when he got to the dude who did one, he was like, yo. You only you you give me a dollar back, you give me this one back. He was like, yo, you. You fool, like, yo, like, why weren't you thinking like you could at least put it into the bank and got some interest off of it that I could have earned? I'm, And he's like, he literally said, forget that. I'm going to take this one. I'm going to give it to the guy who made it double because he going to do something with it. The dude who had who was given the one is now left with nothing. Why? Because he didn't put his talents or in this analogy, his money in motion. He didn't put it to work. We sometimes are like that mindset where with a guy who had one saying, hey, I'm just going to do enough to meet the quota. The other two cats, they were like, yo, he gave us this, but we can do so much more. We can double it. We're going to we're going to multiply what our what our masters gave us so that we can show him up. Give him glory, you know what I'm saying? So he can flex on it, right? But he ended up giving it, and then the master came back and was proud and and, and let them, you know, rejoice in the same blessing that they had, the glory to to glory in the same um results that they had. The thing about the guy with the one talent that I don't know if people thought about is 
and it goes ties into keeping your money in motion. When he put his money, he when he put that one talent into the ground, thinking he was preserving it, thinking he was keeping it safe. He ended up losing. How, because he didn't want to take a risk. He ended up he 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 feared losing out. And because of his actions, because of his fear, he missed out and end up without. You understand that? Like, let me break it down to because he didn't put his money into motion because of fear that he of loss, fearing loss. He actually end up losing anyway. So that tells me what I start to believe and to project. I'm probably going to receive it. So he believed that he will lose, that he he believed that he would um, has his master would take what, what he already came. And. He it actually happened. The other two cats probably had the different mindset of. I can grow this. I can do more with this. I'm going to be a good steward of this. So where am I going with all that? We have to. First, understand that money is a tool, a means of exchange. Money. Is an is not a necessary object. It's a concept. It's a way of doing things, ways of exchange. And it works best if it's in motion. Multiplying. But it's also driven money is power because it gives you the ability to do things. But what is it that you're trying to do and that whatever you're doing should be tied to who you are? What are your core things? Like, I love the concept that we had with one of our guests a couple podcasts ago. He was like. One one you want to know is like how well you're doing your your barometer for your wealth or not your barometer for wealth. Your barometer or how you're doing financially is to take 30 minutes or whatever and print out your last 30 days, your bank statement, your last transaction and go through a one by one categorizing where your money went. Right. And once you finish that step away Go look at your goals and what you say you wanted to accomplish in this past month or year. You write those down. Now, take that list, compare it to the list of. Categorized expenses that you now have and see, do they align? If they're not aligning. Then. Your goals is. What's the gap between your goals and your actual habits? And I think it's education. I think it's mentality. But I also think that it's not ingrained. Your goals are maybe not ingrained in you. Like, like, have you really sat down and for more than five minutes to think of, like, what do you really want? And wrote and wrote that down and mapped it out. And like, how much time do you spend thinking? Like straight up, just thinking. Because if you do, 
you actually following the biblical principle. Like, hey, you may think that you you have a vision that you want to do this, but God said it'll be foolish for a guy for a man to to build a house without first counting the costs. First sitting down and understanding the consequences, the risk that's involved. And so if your expenses don't align to your goals, have you really bridged a gap by understanding of what your money needs to be doing to meet your goals? Or are you just consuming because you're just trying to be gratified or you're just trying to get affirmation from someone else? So like, your goals have to be tied to your values and who you are and who you want to be. And then you have to consciously make your money do what you want it to do. You have to tell it where to go. You got to tell it what to do. You have to understand like a child. See, and you also think of money as this, it's like a child. You the, you want the child to grow up to be a responsible person. You don't want to be a dope head or anything like that. But in the beginning, you got to nurture. You got to really do everything for that child in the first five years, first three years at least. You got to feed them. You got to clean them. You got to you know entertain them. All those different things until they're starting to get a little older. They can start making a little bit more decisions. And that's how money is like money is when you when you first get it your income, you have to stu- take that talent that, that God has given to you and nurture it. Like you really got to put your hands on it. Just don't just take it and just consume it. Like just don't get a baby and don't take care of it. Just all, all you want to do is just cuddle with the baby because the baby's so cute and you want to do fashion shows with the baby. That's self-consuming. You're not investing into it. So you take your income, treat it like a little baby and say, okay, I, I want this child to grow up to this because I value this. This is who I am. Now I'm going to feed that. I'm going to have my lifestyle, my steps, my actions align with that. And so this child is going to grow up to be what I've, I've dreamt them to be. And as the child grows up, they have certain principles and things in their mind to, to say like, yo, I can make my own dinner. I know I need to eat. They start washing up themselves. They start cooking for themselves. They start making decisions on their own. They start to do it on their own. They do a lot of things and can live on their own without your assistance. But what if your money was like that? What if you was managing your money to a certain point where you're nurturing it, watching it every single penny that's spent. And then as you, as it gets, as you get to a rhythm, now you're like, Hey, well, I'm gonna let my money, you know, stretch his legs a little bit. I'm gonna put it in the market. See what happens. See if it can grow strategically, right? Then it's like, okay, well, if I put my money here and I and I do a I do a thing over here with investing in real estate, maybe I can multiply my money and it multiplies. Now you're starting to see, oh, there's certain systems, there's certain concepts. There's a maturity here that I can depend on. I don't know if that making sense, but it's like not a maturity, but it's like a, there's a there's a um, I don't know what the word is, but there's a sense of. Of a principle at work that I'm practicing, that I'm putting into motion. Right. And because of that. 
this money is doing things that I didn't, I used to have to nurture it to do. Now it's doing it on its own. It's like the baby has grown up to be an adult. Are we taking the time though, to be that strategic, to be that purposeful? And worse yet, what are we teaching the next generation? Are we teaching them how to start off young and think money in a different way? My goal here, man, is really to break money down to simple terms, make it simple so that we can be all millionaires. Like we all have positive net worth. What is net worth, right? What does that mean? It's about ownership. You want to owe, you want to own more than you owe is essentially what it means. You want to have, you want to own way more than you owe to others. Have we ever been taught that? How do you do that? It's so many different levels to this money game. But let's get the basics. Let's get the fundamentals. Let's get the 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 baseline ABCs, one, two, threes. Let's get the the fundamentals so that we can build a solid foundation. The the ba- the most basic element well, I'm not going to say basic, but when you're building that house, your foundation isn't made of fancy things. It's made of unsexy concrete and wrought iron in the concrete to make it sturdy, but really just concrete. Well, concrete is nothing but rocks, break it up, broke up rocks into a mixture, into a powder compound that molds them together. It's nothing sexy about it. But that concrete, because of the ingredients in it and how it was put together and because it was laid as a foundation, you can build a mansion on it. Yo, you can't have a mansion without a solid foundation. My brother, my sister, yo, look, you can't be a millionaire without some fundamentals. You may get the you may get a million but it's not going to be sustainable because you don't know the fundamentals. So I want to break those down. I want us to get everyone to have an emer- a baby emergency fund. Like, what is that? We're going to break it down. We're going to teach financial literacy. Everybody's like, what's financial literacy? It's understanding how money works what money is what it does and if you're on this journey with us continue to rock with us continue to like share and have conversations like you guys should be asking am i you know i'm start doing i'm gonna start giving y'all some some action points to take home go ask your closest friend or your mentor and ask them what is net worth to you What is net worth? Is it something I should be aspiring to? Or I should be afraid of what? What is net worth? Have that conversation. And seek to learn the fundamentals. The greatest players in the world have mastered the fundamentals. If we really, really want to go places, 
with the little that we have. We got to learn the basics. We got to learn the fundamentals. Do you know that because you have an income, you don't have a financial problem because you have an income? Your problem is how you handle that income. Because you're handling that income in a way that's not beneficial for you in the long term. I'm going to leave you guys with it. Your money can go in one of three places. Your past, your present, and your future. A lot of people that we talk to or I know in families, money is going into just now, present, or in the past. What I mean by past is money you have today paying for yesterday's purchase. Present Money you have today spending on some being spending on items you consume today. Future money you have today. To pay for something in the future. And we really don't do future because it really doesn't sound sexy. It doesn't sound sexy, right? Well, yo, I got to have something to show for it. Like what? Like that's probably the reason why I didn't really rock with the 401k like that because in the beginning, because like, what, what, what is that? I don't know. I don't have anything to show off. And it's not like you're going to show your 401k balance to your homeboys. <laughs> so it doesn't seem as sexy. It doesn't seem as worthwhile. But it's building. It was building me a future. You know, your, your kids have a 529 plan where they can go out of college because your money grew to a massive amount. I want us to soar, folks. I really do. I want us to be nine to five millionaires, ordinary people who maximized, who took their ordinary income and became millionaires, who took their money and did amazing things, had a fulfilled life because they took the little that they had, just like the talents, and they was able to multiply it. So, fam, let's start thinking differently. Fam, let's have conversations. Fam, let's start start strategizing, planning, thinking through these things. Because it's not too late. It's not too late to turn it around. It's not too late to change it for for your family tree. It's not too late to change it for your kids. It's not too late for you to experience the blessing the life more abundantly. But it's always a choice. My old pastor used to say, God's where your way. It's your choice. What are you going to do? You're going to continue down the old path? Or you can go, you know, look at a new path. So this podcast, this station is going to be talking about new paths. How to take ordinary income, ordinary people, and make them extraordinary. That's it for this podcast. Love y'all. See y'all next time. Peace.